The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I recap the Ultimate Fighter finale on Friday, and we also talk about UFC 213 on Saturday. We have a great talk with Duke Rufus, and we have a nice surprise call from Dean Thomas where we uh, ask about Amanda Nunes. So listen up or don't. That's your business. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Welcome. Oh, wait. We did it at the same time. Is my shit on? Yes, it is. I don't hear anything. Your headphones up. Hold on, let me see something. Hello? Yeah. Hi. Now you talk. Ready? You talk first. I'm ready to go. We feel uh, welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome, Jimmy. A lot of stuff. We have Duke Rufus calling in. Uh, have we had Duke on the show? I think we have. No, this will be the first have we time. we not had him on? No. Wow. I'm tight I can't with, believe we haven't talked to him yet. I'm tight with Duke. I, I know. Like, cool. I, like, I like Duke a lot. He's a real good dude, you know, and uh, I've been in many locker rooms with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cornering on the same cards. And there's sometimes, like, I, I'll see him work something with one of his guys, and uh, and then the guy will go out there and just like finish the fight with it. Or so I'm like, holy shit, man! He comes back and go, Duke, what are you, you mad scientist? And, and he's laughing. He's like, oh yeah, well he's good at that and this and that. You know, he's a humble guy. Yeah, I've never met him. He's a great guy. You'd like him, Jimmy. Um, he, he's all type of people. Crazy, uh, crazy weekend. I guess we should start with the obvious. The main event canceled at two thirteen. The day of, hours before. I was bummed out. I don't know. I, w- I was too. I didn't realize how much I was looking forward to this fight until it got pulled. And Amanda did issue a statement. I, everyone knows it by now. But just to, you know, we might as well just cover it. Was that she had chronic sinitis. Uh, she said, I fought with it before, but this time it didn't work out. During the weight cut, I was unable to breathe and felt off balance from the pressure. Look, I'm somebody that has constantly bad sinuses. Yeah? I don't know if I have sinitis, but I, have t- I understand the lack of breathing is a but- very uncomfortable thing. But you think that she'd be used to it if it's chronic. And if you're used to it, if it's chronic, then you probably recognize it when it's happening. But she said, I was taken to the hospital after the weigh-ins, and they only checked my blood and dehydration, so they cleared me. Because Dana came out and said that the doctors had cleared her to fight. She's saying they cleared her on her blood and dehydration. And the next day, she went back, and they did a uh, CAT scan, and they found a buildup, and she was prescribed antibiotics and referred to a specialist. But if you know yourself, and I'm sure she's had an issue with it, but if you're if you're being truthful, like like if you know that, that you have chronic sinitis, you must know the signs of it. 
You must know, like I know when my nose is stuffed, right now as I'm talking to you, I feel like there's a dick shoved in my nose. Yeah? Yeah, that's probably what it would feel like. It's yeah. never happened, but I'm guessing it's just unpleasant. It'd be a very small cock. It would be, yeah. Either that or it's very stuffed in there, but I can't breathe. So I, know, I recognize that. I recognize when certain things are happening, so I kind of know what they are. I'm surprised she wouldn't have recognized uh, sinitis if she had it, unless it comes, unless it, it hits you a certain way. I just don't know. She was saying something like she didn't want to get like punched it, it, with with the how why do you think it would really hurt with the sinus? I don't know how that I, is. I don't, I don't have bad sinuses. Yeah, you're very lucky. You have yeah. no idea how lucky you are. Yeah, you my sleep. wife and kids and like you know they got they got they got problems with that. Yeah, not me. My sinuses, my eyes, and my sleeping, my throat, all disaster. <laughs> the whole ENT thing. You ENT doctors love you're it. Naming like five things. Yeah, to me. anything above the neck and below the neck. I'm no bargain either. <laughs> all the waste. I'm fucking oh, absolute disaster. Yeah. Ah, oh, worthless. Below the waist. Ah, oh, valueless. Nah, nah, nah. That's nothing a C pill can't can't fix. That's true. So, um, so she the the main event was scrapped. Yeah. And a fight that I really wanted to see, of course, yeah. which was the uh, the co-main became the main event. Well, I can't wait to get into that because that yes. was great. Well, I don't mean we we're gonna a lot. There's a lot to cover actually because there was two nights of fights. Well, do you want to start? What do you want to start? Why don't I mean, we start we, with the tough finale and talk about Michael okay. Johnson and uh, and that Justin Gaethje by Justin Gaethje, which was his first time in the UFC, which alone a lot of guys don't rise to the occasion. And that was a hell of a fight. Yes, that it was, was a hell of a fight. What did you think? What did you think of that fight? And what did you think of Justin Gaethje? Gaethje was great. I mean, he was. Uh, the thing is, and he predicted that he's going to get knocked out because of the way he covers up. Uh, he was tearing uh, Johnson up with leg kicks, but he did get tagged a couple of times. And he got stunned twice. Yeah. I think the level of competition he's going to face in the UFC is probably better than he was used to where yeah. he was fighting before. So the fact that he got tagged a couple of times and and, and really. Uh, Wobbled, and I think he only survived that because the round ended. I think he was yeah. about to, to uh, get well, put away, and the round ended. Yeah, he said Big John was. He told him he was going to stop it. Uh, he was very close to stopping it. And he did get rocked badly in the second, and then Gaethje was able to uh, tie him up. But uh, Johnson was badly rocked with an uppercut in the second. It and was a very exciting fight. Tremendous. Um, I feel if he continues the fight just like that, I mean, I don't know how long the shelf life's going to be. You can't, you take, he's taking a lot of, he's, he's taking, taking punishment. Punches, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that covering up. It's one thing, and we'll get, and again, I don't want to jump all over, but if you saw Alistair Overeem, who's an expert standing and striking, and yep. how he was, like, just sh like giving a little shake of his hands, and they're a little bit low, but he's inviting uh, Verdum in to counter him. There's a big difference between that and, and keeping your eyes on your sure. and part of it is the punch you don't see coming. So he's always keeping his eyes on Verdun when he was doing that the whole time. I knew exactly what he's he's inviting him in. Um and he did and he looked great. He didn't take too much bad shots. Well, we'll get to that again. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. But with uh with Justin, he covers up that I think not only is he going to be getting hit with stuff that he's not going to see coming, it's not the same as when you got boxing gloves on. Right. I don't know if he's used to doing this when he's boxing with the big 16-ounce, even the 12-ounce gloves. But it's a big difference with these little with these little gloves, the four-ounce gloves, they'll get through. So that's one. And two, it's going to set him up for being, I don't care what kind of wrestler you are. If you're just worried about the strikes and you're covered up like that, you're going to be getting taken down too. So... I'm interested to see who he, they match him up with next. This was a great, a great fight. And a great Do you think test. while he's covering up like that, people are going to shoot for takedowns too? Oh that yeah, that's what I'm saying. 100. Yeah. Uh, they might not be because that they they know of his background as a wrestler, but it doesn't matter. I don't care who you're going to guy who commits to that takedown. 
it, and you're worried about the striking, you know. Well, right. If he ends up fighting Khabib at some point. Yeah, Khabib. Even even guys with just good shots. It doesn't have to be a yeah. world class. Uh, a guy could be a, a less, a, not as good as a wrestler, and still put him on his ass. And Johnson was getting yeah. through. He found a hole for his punches. Yeah. He was, he was, he was going right through his arms. It's definitely a, a laces out moment for fucking Michael Johnson. He's gonna, you know, you're gonna, he's gonna kick himself in a sense where, uh, when you get a guy on wobbly legs like that, you, you know, you you, you want to pounce on him, but at the same time, you want to line up your next shot. I've learned that the hard way. I've I've had Carol Prezian almost out, really almost out. And I jumped on him a little too soon, and he got a grip on my shorts, and he pulled himself into that clinch, and uh, he weathered it, and I got tired, and and I made the adjustments when I had to fight St. Pierre. I had him hurt. I totally lined up the shots, and that ended up worked well for me. What was there a worse feeling though than when you have a guy and you know he's about to go, and then you jump on him and you're like, "Fuck! I jumped too soon. I I made a mistake." Really, the the biggest that that Caraprizian fight was the the one that really comes to mind for myself because again, he was what I'm saying out. If the ref jumped in at any point during my barrage, they, I don't think anybody's complaining. You know what I mean? But there's again, there's little, little things that make a huge difference. Like when I had Caro out with that right, with that counter right hand in the opening, uh, five, six seconds, whatever it was when he ran across the cage and threw a punch, I, I counted, came back he was so out, but I, I flipped him over when he was trying to get a single leg, and I would have mounted him clean, but he was like propped up against the cage, so he, I couldn't get a clean mount. And then he has that judo grip. He actually got his thumb in the back of my my gi, my my gi, my my shorts, and he pulled himself. He's got gorilla strength. That dude. oh really? Oh yeah, judo 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 guy. You know, judoka. Good 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 grips. So he pulled himself into that clinch and. And uh, and weathered it, and I remember being like, "Oh man, now I'm tired, and this motherfucker is known for not getting tired." It just sucked. Did he get tired? So, no, he didn't get tired. But guess who did? <laughs> this guy who had to eat fucking elbows in front of his fucking fiance and Ciro. But anyway, uh, it's not about my war stories. It's like that kid, Justin uh, Gaethje. Gaethje. Yeah. It, it, I I like that he it, he's fun. He's definitely a, a fun guy to have in the division, and in lightweight division, there's so many good matchups. I could think of, and right away he's right in there. What is he in the top five? Because he took out Michael Johnson. No. Yeah, I mean the uh, the rankings haven't been updated. But no, you got to think he'll be five. He's uh, definitely yeah. he's definitely in there. I mean the guy he took out a a tough dude with Michael Johnson. Yes, he does. What about you Nate know? Diaz? Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be really fun. I mean that's one of many. I could yeah. think. I don't know. What about Raging Al Quinta? Oh. <laughs> Raging Al versus. Oh my god. Yeah, I think, think if Al that? if Al if Al started getting his punches through, I mean, Gaethje has got great. He's great kicks too, though. He's, Al's, he's Al's very well rounded. Al's, Al's a fucking sharpshooter. Yeah, he. Would I mean, be very... anybody. Togi, Tony Ferguson. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of guys. There's a lot of fight. I, I'm interested. I'm happy that this guy's uh, in the UFC and he showed that he belongs in the UFC. And what a fight, man! That was I, I was psyched. I was, I was enjoying the hell out of that. That was an incredible, you know, you're, you're jumping incredible up fight. That. Incredible fight, right? Yes. Did you see the one? Uh, I don't know. Was it the co-main Dukesi versus Close? Well, uh, no, it was on the main card. Yeah, that was a great fight. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about uh, Dracar Close? Yes, those or, guys. I, I love that fight. I was, I was. They really don't like I, each other. Dude, what a you know? <laughs> how old? Give me the ages on both those guys, please. I want to say twenty-five. Uh, How old is Dracar? Dracar Close is 29. Oh. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Maybe the younger guy's 25. And let's see. It's a case. Mark the case. He's 24. From, yeah. from the Congo. He, let me, t- well, he's going to have a bright future, I feel. He's he's very well-rounded, a jack of all trades. I don't want to say a master or none, but I'm saying what I, he looked comfortable everywhere, but he wasn't imposing anywhere. 
Does that make sense? You talking you? about Takeshi? I'm talking yeah. about Takeshi. He yeah. looked good, and like, man, I'm waiting for something to land or get a little bit more aggressive. But you got to give it to uh, uh, Drakkar close, man. He was, dude. He didn't give a shit. Anything flashy, he was just putting his hands up. Like he didn't. He mentally. I really like that guy. Yeah. That's what you want to see. Not only that, I didn't even care that he was a bad winner. I didn't <laughs> he care. He won either. and he's just like, that's right. They just don't he's, like he's, each other. It but was, he was ripping his legs yeah. up and he put him down with a calf kick, which uh, you don't see that often. When a guy gets knocked uh, down yeah. with a leg oh, kick, man. that's brutal. And that's the best thing to do with these guys with the really, with the good movement and they're flashy. And if you've seen some of his, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Mark uh, DeCasey's uh, prior fights, he does some dynamic shit. Oh, yeah. You know, but you know how you take that dynamic shit away. You take away one of his wheels, man. Yeah. You take away one of his legs. So if, if if that was the game plan, that was awesome because right away you saw, you knew it was it was you knew those were hard because you were, you didn't hear a smack. You heard a thud, and it was like oh, like dude, I, I know what that feels like, and it sucks. It's like when you're talking to a buddy and they used to use their knee and they give you a, a dead leg yeah. right in your knee. And you're like ah. It's like that, Jimmy. But it, sucks. Uh, it was a split decision, I believe. Was it split? It was split. It should not yeah, have been. I was no. appalling. Yeah, I disagree with that. I, I, I was at a fucking split decision. Nah, I don't know. One, what... That was really bad. Were the same judges the next night? Do we know? I think one of those judges was from the Congo. I mean, <laughs> no, well, like, wasn't he from England? I don't fucking know. Oh. I didn't check where the judges are from, but I just knew that. Um... No, I mean, DeCasey, isn't he British? Yeah, but he's. Yeah, but he was he's... born in the Congo. Okay. Born but, in the Congo. You can't look. You know, that's big. But the. Uh... The judging, I, I thought that was, I could not believe that was a split decision. It just sounds badass coming from the Congo. It's like, holy, what? Where am I fighting this guy from? Where's he from? The Congo? <laughs> the fuck is he? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that fight. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, re I want to see what's next for both these guys. You know what I'm saying, Jimmy? Yeah. I like when I get, like, I get my, my eyes open to a new, a, a new guy that I could be like, yo, man, I can't wait till this guy fights again. And I happened with both those guys. Yeah. I'm like, man, these guys are now, they're on my radar, man. These guys are awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of it. What do we got next? Lima uh, Taylor, I'm sure you enjoyed. I did. I mean, <laughs> that Jesse Taylor is like a big lug, you know? He's, he reminds you of like a, like a, like a new, like a, like a Mark Coleman 2.0. Like like he's just an old, he's got it. He's, that guy has one thing he just does really well, and that's the wrestling. Uh, obviously, the, the grappling in general, the submissions and whatnot. But you know, he never lost. He never lost in that Ultimate Fighter house, yeah. even that first season. So, it re I like when something they put something together and it really makes sense. Like when they put that thing together and they 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 just labeled it Redemption. It really is. I mean, with Jesse Taylor in so his good. case, it really does make sense because he didn't lose a fight. He messed up. Because he, you know, he partied drunk. at the end of it, got drunk, started saying who he was and acting the big shot. But you see the guy, he's been through a lot since then. I forgot how many fights, but he's been out of the UFC fighting all over the place. And, you know, he's matured. He's got, you know, sure. uh, a couple of kids, I believe. And uh, you can see he's matured as a person. And you've seen that on this season. And then you've seen that, obviously, in his fighting. And it's really nice, man. It's nice to see. How old it's is nice he? Is he 34? Um, I'd have to check. He's think, huge, by the way, for I think a that's, welterweight. I think too. that's right. I think that's right. Thirty-four. So he can have a couple of years in the UFC, but that yeah, was that was really. How, uh, I mean, he's not a guy that's taken a lot of abuse. Yeah, you know. So who knows how long? Well, yeah, he's thirty-four. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was good, man. And and Lima, you got to feel for him a little bit. That's the second time. And he avoided two submissions and, in the first. Well, and and he knocked him down too. Yeah. And that, and again, another laces out moment when he jumped on him instead of. 
you know, you jump on that guy, and even that guy could, uh, Jesse Taylor could be really uh, half out of it, you know what I mean, half conscious, and if you jump on him just instinctively, he's going to be grappling you the right way, you know what I mean? Right. Like, he'll just, you you know, and that's the, so when he had him hurt, backing up is always, I mean, if you jump on him and land a couple on the chin, awesome, but if you let him get a hold of you when you jump on him, that was the problem, and uh, that could have made a big difference, and you feel for Lima, because this was... Two times in a row now that he he was in that Ultimate Fighter house, so he right. had a second shot. He was he fought Eddie Truck Gordon in the and on that season of Tough where Eddie beat him and stopped him in the first round, and so now this this went down with uh, with Justin. So you know he's a good fighter. It's, it's you can't be a bad fighter to get to the uh, the finale both times in that Ultimate Fighter tournament, you know. But at the same time, you know. It's not as good as winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, did you but, see, uh, sorry, did you see Cannoneer against uh, uh, Rorick? Nick Rorick? Uh, Jared uh, Cannoneer against Nick Rorick? What did you think of that? Tell I me. thought it was, it was good. You enjoyed it? I did enjoy it very much. That fuck, I think Rorick took the fight in, in three days. I, I don't know if it was that short, but it was... Oh! Wait, who took the fight? There was someone yes, took the fight. Yes, no, on. no. Nick Rorick took it. It got finished. Oh. He was hanging in there. Oh, okay. Do we have Duke on the phone? Yes. Hey, Duke, how are you? You're talking to Jim and Matt Sarah. What's up, Duke? Hey, hey, how you doing, champ? What's the word? <laughs> Good, man. Good to talk to you. Congrats. Congrats on, uh, on, oh, on Anthony thanks. Pettis uh, over the weekend. Yeah he, yeah, he found his form again. He got back to himself. Oh, he looked great. He looked really great with, with a tough Jim Miller in front of him. He looked oh, like yeah, the he, Anthony he, of yeah. old. Yeah, he, he just, um, you know, it's about... Uh, readjusting his mindset you know uh, you've been to the, the pinnacle oh, shit. you make yeah, more yeah. money than you ever did in your life and <laughs> you know at first you fight because you want to be the best and you make money your goals are gone you've been champion you've made the m more money than you've ever made you have to decide why am i fighting because you got most of your goals out of the way so it was him reassessing his goals that made um, this thing come together for him very well and he and he also accomplished so much at such a young age that, you know, it's amazing he didn't come off the hinges with that. You know what I mean? A lot of guys just with that oh, fame yeah. and everything, he didn't, you know, he didn't go down a dark path with that. He always made, you know, good choices as far as being so young and, and becoming famous and everything else that comes with it, you know? I've literally seen celebrities go, hey, can I have a picture with you, Showtime? You know, after the Showtime kick and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, he I definitely has... Experienced a, a rock and roll lifestyle, you know. So I mean, the um, the, the the distraction to that—it's hard. Every human being struggles with it. You know, John Jones has dealt with it. Anthony isn't as bad, but you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, I mean, your life was changed when you became uh, the UFC champion, right, man? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and me, I you know, I wasn't. Uh... I wasn't a uh, dominating champion like Anthony Pettis, though. You know what I mean? I mean, he was that. He, oh, first Wheaties box. Can we mention that? Yeah. That's huge. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, you have to be really proud, Duke, man. You put out such warriors. I was just saying that I spent many times in the same locker room as you, and I seen guys go out and just, I seen you working with stuff backstage, and then guys go out and just end a fight with what you were just working. I'm like, Jeff, what the fuck? And I'd be like, yo, Duke. And you're like, oh, no, he's just really good at that. And you're a humble dude, but man, dude, I mean, what's going on down at that uh, Rufus Sport that you're putting well, out such studs? Um, well, one, I think, you know, 
there's not a lot to do in, in Milwaukee in the winter and we don't have the best weather all year round. So we did this attraction. We got a lot of different influences that help us get a lot of athletes. The other thing too, I've been in martial arts since I was four years, four years old. My family owned schools. My dad was the best part of the old PK. So I've been competing since I was six and I always want to be on the pinnacle of martial arts. And I just have a passion to coach and teach. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize how Val Cordero, you saw some video I put out about level changing and striking. So I actually wrestled in high school. A lot of people don't realize that. I'm a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. I did a little judo when I was a boy. So I've always had a, a good palette of being open-minded to other arts. It's just I had a goal to be a kickboxing champion. doesn't mean as a martial artist I didn't look at other things that happened in the world of martial arts, if that makes sense. So as a striking guy, I still keep a very open mind. I mean, the, ir- the irony, Anthony still has more wins by submission <laughs> than he does knockout. And I really profess all my guys to earn their black belt in jiu-jitsu and keep their black belt because you probably notice this, man. You're, you're a master technician of jiu-jitsu. Many guys in MMA earn their black belt, but then when they fight, they get mounted. This happens because they don't continue to keep growing as a black belt. Just because you're a black belt doesn't mean you're a badass. What's a hoist uh, quote? Um, my black belt only protects two inches of my ass, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of, you, you, all these skills are perishable. Me, you can say, I'm awesome at striking. Well, I took about a six-month break recently from kickboxing sparring. And I, I looked like crap the first couple of days because it's a perishable skill. If you don't use it, you lose it. So the toughest thing about mixed martial arts and what we really focus on the culture of our academy is train year-round. But light spar for fun. Make sure you're working. All, all my guys train a lot with the gi, and yes. I think it's important. One, it helps you switch gears. You go from fight gear to martial arts gear, and martial arts training is a lot more fun than fight training. Training for a fight sucks. So I think it's important to, to fool the mentality of the fighters is to have them do fun things to get them better as opposed to training camp, kill myself, training camp, kill myself. You've only got so many of those in you. So if you can learn to balance that all year round training, it helps. You know, it's, uh, I think it's important to, to fight the burnout in our sport. So, Duke, what do you what do you do? When you, sorry to interrupt you. What do you do when you get a guy like no. CM Punk, who's uh, who's you know obviously a very very brave guy. He's a driven guy, but a guy that you kind of have to cram a lot of knowledge into in a very short period of time, or a relatively short period of time. You're not going with somebody who's got 15 years experience or or, or a lifetime oh. of that. How do you approach that? It's very tough. I mean, he he's he's making a plan to return again, so. I mean, you just got to work on some things, give him confidence in what he's great at, and really protect holes. Unfortunately, he's going to have more holes than most people. You know, I did that whole thing. I would never do that with anyone else except for Punk. He's a personal friend of mine. I met him uh, through Chael Sonnen, and he's just such a good guy that I just believe in him on a personal note because, yeah, it is very hard. I mean, every fighter in the UFC has a weakness or two. It's just, that's the era we're still in. I think the future fighters won't. You know, the guys coming out of Matt's gym now and the next generation and all the other big gyms in MMA, 
it, it, you're not going to see it, but it is hard. But it's I had to make that choice. Am I going to support my friend? Well, let's try it. He's going to go for it. But at the end of the day, and Matt will understand this the most, he didn't want to fight GSP in Montreal, but they give you a bunch of reasons in the checkbook that make you want to do that. And at the end of the day, the sport is prize fighting. Punk brings some new fans to the sport that are valuable because the UFC's gotten bigger. They employ more fighters, but I think they're still not by their fault. It's just the fighters got to emerge keep fighting fan-friendly fights is we we have a star problem. We could use some more stars, you know, not just a couple pay-per-view draws that have been there recently. Would you agree? Yes, uh, and I I, I was happy to see him uh, as dedicated as he was. But uh, would you think he would match up better with, again, there's no easy fights, but instead of against a a jiu-jitsu brown belt like Mickey Gall, would he have matched up a little bit better against a guy who was a striker that he didn't have the immediate threat of a takedown with? Yeah, definitely. And then the other thing, um, I mean, Mickey turned out to be way stronger than everyone thought. I mean, but, you know, I, I knew it was a tough fight because I think one of the, the richest and strongest MMA scenes is that East Coast, Jersey, New York, PA area. There's a lot of badass fighters out there, and there's some big shows that produce a lot of the best talent. So I knew it was going to be a tough fight. Um, the guy who wants to fight Punk really bad, and he's really made a big thing on Twitter about it, is the guy that Mickey beat in his UFC debut. I think that would be a fair fight. That would My- be a good Michael- fight. Michael Jackson. Yes, sir. There you go. Yeah. He goes by, you know what's funny about that guy? Not just that his name is Michael Jackson, is that he didn't want to be called Michael Jackson. He wanted to be called Mike Jackson. But then he comes out to like Michael Jackson music. Yeah, you got to go like, with what you have. Hey, you gotta you gotta make a decision there, Michael Jackson. Let's get consistent. <laughs> exactly, you know. So when beat you, it. Go ahead. And, and, and you're working with uh, with Tyron now, who's fighting Damian Maya on July 29th. Ah. That's that's the co-main in the uh, the Jones Cormier rematch. And how do you approach? Again, you can't give away his game plan, but you you, you know exactly what Damian Maya wants to do. It's, there's very few fighters, I think, that you're going to know exactly what they want to do as surely as you do what he's going to do. So how do you approach that? Well, I think the first thing, I mean, I could give the game plan away. Don't kick. (laughs) I think that's the first thing you don't do against a guy like Damian Maia. Don't don't let your feet leave the mat. Secondly, um, I think a lot of guys who are good wrestlers think they can defend Damian. If Damian touches your leg, he either pulls half guard or he grapevines you and gets on your back somehow. So you got to fight with your hands and move your feet. And you got to have stopping power to um, knock him out. I feel that Tyron matches up very well with him that way. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of training with my jiu-jitsu coach, Daniel Vanderlei, who um, I got him at our academy because he used to live with Carlson uh, Jr. and Senior Gracie in Chicago. So we're part of that team, and he's been real helpful. He's down at ATT this week, but as well, his college teammate, Ben Askren, has been helping him a lot. Um, you know, I, I see this fight looking a lot like old school Chuck Liddell fights, almost even old school Anderson Silva where he waited for Damien. You can't engage Damien strongly because he's, you know, he's good at weathering the storm and getting a hold of you. Now, I'm friends with Damien. I happen to be in the same locker room with him when he, the first three fights in the UFC. Very cool guy. And, um, 
he had mentioned he saw me in some magazines in Brazil when, when he was younger. A lot of people don't realize Damien used to do karate. So he's just not a jiu-jitsu guy. You know, there's layers to a lot of people in MMA. And he, he's good at weathering the storm to make his jiu-jitsu work. So it's going to be an interesting fight. We all know if he gets that backpack, anybody's in trouble. Right. I mean, Matt, would you say he's one of the greatest sports jiu-jitsu guys ever of all time? Oh, for sure. And uh, to make the transition to MMA, I mean, arguably one of the greatest. I mean, definitely. Well, definitely one of the, the best guys to uh, represent jiu-jitsu in there. I mean, everybody on the highest level knows what he's trying to do, and they cannot stop it. For, for the most part, they can't stop it. And now... I mean, he was, and again, he was strangling guys at, at um, and that's why it's so interesting with uh, Tywin, because he's a strong, strong dude. But again, Damien had a lot of success at middleweight versus, versus monsters, yeah. and he was putting a lot of those guys away, you know? So now that he's at at welterweight, he really is a a, a a big dude for that for that weight class, and he was used to strangling yeah. guys a lot bigger than him, so... You know, I mean, I, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. No, to it. I, I actually, in, for a better word, I'm gonna use homogenized, but not in a bad word. Um, a lot of the fights look alike because the guys are so well rounded these days. Yeah, I enjoy the old school style fights. Yes, it, it, it reminds me of Pride days, you know, yeah. and that's what this fight is. It's kind of a a, a Pride esque fight where you're gonna. <laughs> have style versus style almost and i think it's very um unique is a the the whoever wins the fight it's going to be chaotic it's going to be a chaotic scramble if damien can get a hold of of tyron and then it or it's going to be chaotic as damien's trying to get a hold of tyron and he knocks him you know it's uh we all know how each guy's going to win this confrontation but it's so fun again I love fun fights like this. As a coach, it's intriguing. Um, I'm going to Scotland actually tomorrow to hook up with Paul Felder. So we, this is my second training camp with him. He's fighting real tough guys, Stevie Ray. It's my first time to Scotland. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. And then uh-huh. Sergio Pettis fights Brandon Moreno, a real good backpack guy too with uh-huh. Jiu-Jitsu in the main event in Mexico City. So I'm real proud of uh, Sergio. That's all, That's yeah, uh, What is that date? That's that. August 5th. That's August, August 5th. 5th. Oh, that's great, man! I yes, enjoyed. I, enjoy, I enjoyed uh, Sergio Pettis's last fight versus uh, Moraga. Thank Is that you. right? Yeah, yeah, that was a, yes, sir. That was a that was a great fight, man. That, that was really I really enjoyed that because that dude was tough. And uh, am I right if I saying he fought him in his hometown? Did Sergio, yes, he did. Yeah, Sergio fought him in his hometown, and he looked he looked he was on point, man. And that's another young kid. Yeah, those those yeah, Pettis brothers, man. Twenty three. Oh, that's great, Fun man. Blast. Yeah, right. I've been training Sergio since he was twelve. One thing I made sure he did is high school wrestle. So he has a little bit more wrestling experience and his body's built a little better for it too. He's just shorter, compactor. You know. Um actually I was really impressed. I thought the leg reef dump that Anthony did on Jim the other night was really good. I mean, I want all my fighters to be well rounded because I think the safest two positions in a fight is if I'm on top of you and I'm hitting you. Or if I can take your back and not get hit. So I'm I'm a big, you know, I love striking. That's what everyone knows. But if you go into our practice room, I talk about finding the easiest way to take someone's back. I talk about the easiest way to stay on top and beat someone up. You know, my other guy did real well against Jordan Main, uh, Bilal Muhammad. 
he got yeah. uh, Jordan late in the fight, was going for the choke, but it's a very dominating position in mixed martial arts. Well, you had a good night the other night. The, the team had a great night. <laughs> hey, yeah, it, I'm blessed. You know, yeah. we got a good group of guys. I don't have a huge team. We have um, we have eight guys in the UFC, uh, and I like it that way. Yeah, um, I'm not looking to have the most amount of fighters. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a few prospects. Unfortunately, one of your guys beat my guy Rafi on stop. I'll tell in a you, real good fight. Yeah, and sorry you to know, hear about. And, but and, that's the game. Yeah. I was going to say, Duke, sorry to hear about your mother also. I, I lost oh, I lost you. my mother I also to cancer, too, a couple of years ago. So I know it's brutal, uh, brutal. And, uh, it, you it know, but, my friend. But, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, nah, I hear you. Uh, brutal stuff. But, but yeah, no, that kid was a stud. And the one he fought was a stud. But I know it's going to be on a, a future episode of Dana White looking for a fight. So that's something to look forward to. Well, well I got to say, man, I, I, got, I love your guys' show. Oh, it's, thanks, it's man. Great. Thanks, Duke. Seriously, and, and, I... I I'm a I'm a serious fan of it. I, I, I it's just fun. It's a neat show. It's like <laughs> like the Ultimate Fighter meets um, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, just uh, it, it's just a it's a pretty neat vibe. I, I, you, <laughs> Dean, Dana have this fun um, chemistry. It's like the odd the odd threesome yeah. as opposed to the odd couple in a good way uh, though, because you, you all you all three have strong personalities that mix well. <laughs> I, oh man, I I appreciate it. And I was talking to my buddy Ray Longo yesterday, and he he wishes you the best. You know, he can't say enough uh-huh. about you, Duke. And as a martial artist that you are, uh, you know, you were a champion with 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 the, with the kickboxing. If you were a little bit younger, do you ever feel like, man, I I missed the boat on the mixed martial arts? Because I know you yes, loved jujitsu and you were a wrestler. Do you ever I, feel yeah. like, man, I would have loved to have been in that when I was if it was just came I, about a little bit earlier? Well, when I was 37, I was supposed to fight at the CFFC. I was going to fight um, Derek Panza, and then Tank was fighting Kimbo. And the winner of us two were going to, those two fights were going to be for their big title. Unfortunately, the CFC, uh, like two, three weeks before the show, I had to pull the plug. They went out of business. And, um, yeah, I was training for that fight. I really wanted to do it. I, I, I do w- wish um, I would have, you know, here's a funny one that a lot of people don't realize. Art Davey in 2005 called me up to fight Ken Shamrock oh, in the UFC. What happened Unfortunately, then? I, I couldn't take the fight. I was under contract at K1. I wish I would have taken the fight. And I'll tell you what would have happened. At that stage in my life, I was too young and impetuous. I would have tried to kickbox him only. I would have gone in there, probably got leg locked, taken down, ground and pounded, beat up. But that's the best thing that ever happens to me in my life. Whenever I get beat by something, I have a saying. If I can't beat them, I join them, then I go beat them. So, I mean, yeah, that's my thing, you know. So you embrace your weakness. I wish that would have happened. It would have been a terrible night, but it would have made the growth of me as a mixed martial artist earlier. You know, one thing I did want to start training with Stefan Bonner and, and really – got into training UFC guys and I, I got to thank two people that really helped my transition three actually. And two of them, unfortunately are deceased three people that really helped me with my transition. My longtime kickboxing buddy, Sean Tompkins. He's one of the guys that really helped me. He was like, dude, why don't you get your guys doing this? This will be great. And he'd show me some things he learned from boss, how to help. Um, master Carlson Gracie. I got to be there with Stefan. And that whole family opened up their arms to me, helping me learn this. And my dear friend, Pat Militich, I used to go down there and train with Ben Rothwell. But while I was there, 
I'd get on the mat. I'd be sparring. I'd learn how to, you know, make, because when you take MMA, striking, it's so different than regular striking. People don't understand that. At first, I was probably down to only 20% of my arsenal because of the threat of a takedown. It changes everything. The other thing, you don't fight with grease all over your face. So, and the, the shape of the gloves, a round glove slides off you. MMA gloves are flat. They're just like a fist. So they cut, they bruise, they catch you easier. So the dynamics of MMA, I'd say striking an MMA is like trying to play tackle basketball. If they could tackle you in basketball, we wouldn't have 100-point games. And that's why um, guys are getting better at MMA striking, but I still think it's a work in progress where jiu-jitsu was the beginning of MMA. You know what? I don't care if you suck at striking, you can still choke someone out. You know, as it's like striking is, it's even when you're good at it, doesn't mean you're going to be great at MMA. It's such a unique environment. And out of all the combat sports I've trained, you got to be in the best shape to do MMA because the up down, me struggling to make a takedown happen or me struggling not to have a takedown happen is the two hardest things in mixed martial arts on your body when it comes to energy. Would you agree, Matt? Oh, the up and down, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I very rarely would get tired in fights. One, one, one fight in particular, I, I, I couldn't do the up and down because I had a little meniscus tear. But I did a lot of running and I did some straight up striking, and then I do some stuff on the floor. But I did not spar with the up and down sparring. And man. I got so tired in that because once that fight went up and down a couple of times, that's why you, when you watch a boxing match or a kickboxing match, if there's a an accidental takedown or if a boxer gets pushed down and you see them get up all slow and yeah. everything, it's it's the worst. That up and down is the if you're not doing it, it's it, it's the worst, the worst uh, feeling. For me, my Muay Thai training, I knew that I like trips and dumps a lot, especially being a bigger guy because you got to make that big guy get up. Yeah. And, it, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like sometimes people don't realize the offsetting and off balancing like that. I mean, cause you make people use an energy to keep their balance that they normally wouldn't use. So you burn at the reserve a little more. I mean, that's why still guys who come from the wrestling background, they're just so hard to deal with because, uh, if they can push the pace, uh, it's just so hard to fight guys like that. That's why Chris did so well against, uh, you know, Anderson, you know, guys like Tyron. Uh, that's why I, with all my young fighters, I make sure I'm grooming a lot of kids like at 12 and up. And I make sure all of them at least high school wrestle to understand that because there's something special about amateur wrestling. It's a special education. You learn at a young age, the grind, the strength. You'll never get that strength as an older guy if you didn't wrestle when you're younger. It's just you got to have that, and it, or if you can have it, it's very valuable. Even if you're not going to be a collegiate wrestler, just experiencing that life and culture. Here in Wisconsin, we've got a heavy wrestling culture, um, so it's cool. Like what, the hometown my wife's from, they're one of the uh, most dominant wrestling teams of all time, and you go up there, it's like the movie Vision Quest. The whole town shows up for wrestling meets, the band, the cheerleaders, the pom-pom girls. It's, um, there's that strong culture, almost as strong as I want. I love that movie. Do we have any up- <laughs> update on, uh, did Anthony Pettis have a problem with his right hand? Um, he's getting it checked out today. It was swollen pretty bad. Um, I'm just hoping it's a bone bruise. And, uh, you know, it's just one thing I like to address. And with MMA gloves, they got to let guys tape their hands more. 
if they would let them put a U of tape around or across the front of the knuckle in Thailand, they let guys do that. And there's far less hand problems. When we fought in K1, we were allowed to do that. Is dude, you're punching someone in the head. You, you, with more tape is not going to hurt them more. It's going to actually end hand injuries. And people just can't seem to figure that one out. Because they got to let the guys put more tape on their hand to secure. Because just the 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 hits in MMA. When that's why in street fights people break their hands. There's no lubrication like on a boxer. There's so much um, Vaseline. Everything slides. Whereas in um, MMA, when they hit, they connect. Uh, those gloves stick to you, so they cause more um, impact on the joints even, if that makes sense. And what's the thinking behind not letting them put more tape? They just think that the impact is going to be harder on the head or do more damage to the head? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but my, my experience, like in Thailand, they're – you're allowed to tape over the knuckles. It actually protects the hands. And in Thailand, the smaller fighters who fight with very small gloves, six, eight ounces. And the gloves are usually worn out there, too. I mean, in the, in the smaller events, and they don't have problems with that. You know, um, I mean, you're allowed to elbow a guy without a pad. You're allowed to knee him in the face. That's just something I'd like the, the ABC to look into is the hand injuries. Because I, I know I've struggled with them, too my whole career and and I love fighting overseas because I never had hand injuries when I could tape that way. And uh, obviously the main event was canceled, which was kind of shocking. Have you seen anything quite like that? I mean, obviously things get canceled a lot, but that was a very odd, a very odd one. Have you seen anything like that before? Well, I'm going to say this. I don't know the whole story with Amanda, so I don't want to seem like I'm crapping on her. Oh yeah, sure. Anthony, when Anthony um, bought, Max, maybe he shouldn't have fought. But you know what? He signed a contract with the UFC. He signed a contract with his fans of the sport to show up and fight. And Matt will attest to this. Sometimes we don't fight at 100%, but we still fight. That's what these people get paid to do. That's their profession. And I don't want to seem like I'm putting her down, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope, you know, for her sake that, she can, you know, it's not a mental thing because that's going to be a major chink in her armor. But, uh, you know, you get in there and fight. Did it work out for Anthony? No. But you know what he can do? Live with the rest of his life? He lost. But know what he is going to live the rest of his life and be a good role model to his daughter? I'm a man of my word. I showed up to fight. No, I didn't make weight. Made things right, and I made that fight. And uh, I think that's important in um, life and and you know it's uh, so many people do things that are best for you well this thing you know isn't about you it's about us every one of us you know we we all have our part as coaches as fighters is um the people that run the sport to make sure that you know the show must go on you know the ufc is doing well but we're still in an infancy stage of our sport if you look at it compared to football compared to baseball compared to basketball and i try and you know prepare our team to not get ourselves in situations as much as humanly possible just so that we don't hurt our fan base because we've had a meteoric rise, but, uh, you know, it could come down. I'm always cognizant, you know, things change all the time. Remember years ago, I live in Milwaukee, Miller Lite sponsored uh, beach volleyball. That was a huge sport for a minute. Well, what happened? A bunch of people on one side divided the others 
and they created a new league. And then there was two leagues, three leagues. Now, hey, guess what? I don't see that sport on TV anymore. And I think unity and um, everyone doing their part is going to keep this thing growing. If you want to make more money, we have to have more cohesive uh, behavior in our sport. Well, you said something... Sorry, Duke. You said something important about getting fans the fights they want. I forget the term you used, but I think that's one thing UFC has done really, really well is a lot of the matchups that people want to see, they just seem to make happen pretty quickly as opposed to boxing who makes you wait five years for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, because there's too many separate promoters. So they're, I mean, right now, Regan Dow is trying to fight that Lomachenko. Anyone who's a boxing enthusiast, you want to see one of the greatest Cubans fight one of the greatest Ukrainians who have the two greatest lineages of amateur boxing. They will be, you know, we want to see that fight, and they're not making it happen. Look how long it took for Triple G and Canelo. I mean, uh, Manny and, and anyway, that is my favorite thing about the UFC. You know, that's what was cool about the fight with Jim and Anthony, which I got to send again, Jim and Dan Miller are two of the best guys in MMA. It was hard fighting them, you know, but it was awesome fighting them because they're such tough dudes. And um, that was a that's a fight I thought was going to happen right away when Anthony came over to the UFC. But, I mean, talk about fan-friendly. That was a fan-friendly fight. Jim, Jim brought it, and Anthony, you know, was able to win the fight. But that's more fights like that, you know. I mean, that's what I loved about your fights, man. You, you, were, uh, you were always in there, man, you know. Uh, always a hard goal. That was there when you knocked out GSP, by the way. I had a fighter on the card, and it was amazing. You were my good luck and, charm. Uh, where, where, where were you with the, uh, with the rematch? <laughs> I was there, I, too. Oh, I then no, I forget uh, it. Then I, that voice. No, I don't count. No. <laughs> that, I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I respect you a lot, oh. the composure you kept in that second fight. I was down in the locker room during that fight. Yeah. And I felt like I was at the Roman Coliseum. Oh, it was they loud. Pounding. Yeah. It was loud. Uh, Chance of fuck you, it, Sarah. It was loud. I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. It was, it was, it was a wild experience. But no, uh, just it, like it, Anthony, was, I don't regret that shit. You take the fights that you get and, uh, yeah. you know. Hey, man, unfortunately, fighters fight. And I try and teach all my guys, you're entertainers first. Sometimes you're the hammer of the entertainment. Sometimes you're the nail. Yeah. It's just, it's, you got to... Like, I would love to say life's all sunshine and rainbows. You're never going to lose, and you're going to be yeah. undefeated. Okay, yeah, and, 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 and Santa Claus is real, right? Yeah. And the Easter Bunny exists. No, it's, it's, um, it, 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 I'd rather prepare people for the worst possible scenario because every fighter in the UFC is awesome. On every level, the fighters are so tough in the UFC. You're going to lose. If you think, if you have an ego that's not prepared to lose, then you're in the wrong sport. Do I want to lose? No, I'm not saying that. But there's so many ways to win and lose in mixed martial arts. That's what makes it so fun for the fan. You know, you watch Floyd Mayweather. He's an incredibly talented fighter. But he's so good at what he does, it makes it sometimes boring to the casual fan. And I think that uh, mixed martial arts, there's something for everyone. If you like a little freak show like CM Punk, you got it. You like a purist like Damien Maya? You got it. You like, you know, brawlers? You had Stefan and Forrest, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, ever. You know, you got every martial art. If you, if you grow up doing Taekwondo, you got Yair Rodriguez. If you're a traditional karate guy, you got Machida. It's just, it's so neat 
and I'm glad it continues to grow because it is so easy to follow for the fans. And, and you know, this uh, this uh, McGregor-Mayweather fight, it kind of goes under that thing. of it's, it's a bit of a spectacle, but it is entertaining, and it is something that people, I think, are going to enjoy. And if you're coaching a guy like Conor, fighting a guy who really is one of the best defensive fighters ever, what, what kind of a strategy do you, uh, again, like trying to cram in years and years of boxing knowledge into one camp is, is kind of hard? Well, Mayweather's like the Damian Maya boxing. If you go on his battlefield, you will be humiliated. So look at Mayweather's striking guard as Damian Maya's guard. Don't get in his guard. The reason why um, Mayweather's done so well with a lot of Latino fighters, they're walk-up fighters. So he likes them. He wants you to punch at them. Those create his openings. So what Connor needs to do is fight really long and actually not try to bomb him. He needs to pot shot, move, and don't actually engage him in a boxing. He needs to actually fight him from an MMA range, if that makes sense. It's not going to be the most um, you know, crazy action sometimes, but that's how he's going to do well. Oscar De La Hoya did quite well against Floyd. And a lot of the people in the international press thought um, – that actually Oscar won that fight. And I would agree. Um, I, I just think that's what you got to do. Don't come out there haywire trying to go for broke. That's what Floyd's best at defending. He's, you know, the best defensive boxer of this last era. But that's what you do. You stay long. And as well, I think Connor should switch, move, do some things that the normal guy in boxing, he has to show a lot of awkward. Because awkward that's why Pacquiao had trouble with Horn down in Australia. He wasn't your 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 shiny, proper pugilist. He was a brawler, and brawlers actually give, or if you give a different style, like Prince Nassim Hamed used to give people frets because how do you train for this guy? He doesn't box like anyone else. Uh, that would be my one advice because, I mean, we're all pulling for Connor because uh, not that I, mean, I love boxing people. It's great for our 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 industry to win this fight you know getting back to boxing the other problem in boxing is they reward defense and the guy being the best boxer because they said he was the best boxer in our sport we reward offense it's kind of like the difference of why americans can't get excited about soccer they don't score enough they don't attack enough you know it's in football and basketball especially it's attack 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 and when you're talking about putting a sport on TV, you want all offense. I think boxing fights should be eight rounds, and they should speed the pace up. And I think they should change the rules um, so that they create more action in the sport. But they're peers, and because of their purity, their sport's struggling. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, I, I think Triple G, it's surprising that he's not a bigger star than he is. Like, I mean, he's really well-known, but he's not a household name. You know, you say Golovkin or people are like, what? They don't, they don't know who he is a lot of times, the average person. And he's such a great fighter. He's undefeated. I mean, how many was it, 23 knockouts in a row or something? And he's not a household name. No, I mean, and we're, the other guy was talking about Lomachenko. And even the guy who just fought uh, uh he lost, but it was pretty controversial. Kovalkov versus Andre Ward. I thought he won the first fight, and they, they aren't household names. Want to know why? Because the fragmentation in boxing. You know, people can complain all they want about the UFC, but Matt knows this. UFC knows how to create stars. 
he's been a champion. He's created a champion with Ray, and they saw the rise of Chris. I mean, they've been there, and they see what happened. You know, most boxing companies, a promotion maybe hires 10 employees to work for their company if they're a good one. Where the UFC, I think, has 300 employees, and they got a machine out there that they're putting content out on everyone constantly, video content, pictures, etc. And I think that's where boxing misses it. They uh, don't promote their athletes enough. Yeah, and the fragmentation. It's also a weird thing, too. It seems like there's a, there's a personality thing. There's something that happened with a guy like Conor, or you get Ronda Rousey. There's just something that dr- gravitates people towards... Because you have tremendous fighters in the UFC. I mean, you have, you know, you know Khabib, is, what was, it, was he like 24 and 0? You know, and he's not a household name. He's known by UFC fans, but he should be a household name because what he's accomplished is incredible. Some people have that it factor. There's something about it. Maybe even the trouble helps sometimes because John Jones is pretty much a household name. Whereas yeah. Daniel Cormier, a lot of people outside the sport probably don't know him. No, I mean, I, I noticed this weekend, you know, a lot of loyal Anthony Pettis fans are glad he's back, but he, he had that it moment, too. I mean, it's not, not everyone's blessed with the it moment, and uh, he, he had it, and, and, you know, it is unique. But I think our sport still is a younger sport. And we don't have the amateur system in the Olympics to boast talent from. And we still have more stars in the UFC than they do in the whole game of boxing. So I'm very optimistic about that. I also think the fan, you know, I, I've watched so many fighters. I've been in a lot of events. And you watch the way the fighters inter- interact with the fans. And there's a real genuine appreciation the fighters have on all levels of, of the fans. And I've never seen... Uh, MMA fighters walk away from the fans. There's a certain humility they seem to have, and I've watched other athlete, athletes treat the fans really shitty and really distant and uh, really annoyed by it. And I think that has a lot to do with it. People just feel connected to these guys. No, I think the culture in boxing is, um, you know, a lot. I see it all the time. A guy gets a contract or a talent, and they feel like they got to be Floyd Mayweather or. And you know what? And honestly, um, believe it or not, Floyd is not the guy you see in the media. You know, remember when Pretty Boy Floyd was Pretty Boy Floyd? No one knew who he was. In the De La Hoya hat, he put the in the De La Hoya fight, I should say, he put the black hat on. He became Money Mayweather, and he made this persona. And it's the persona that sells. Because I do know some people, and Anthony's hung out with Floyd. He's not that same guy. When the camera's on, he's one person. Um, a lot like Chael Sonnen. If you know the real yeah. Chael Sonnen, they're two different people. Same with CM Punk. CM Punk's actually the guy who mentored Chael Sonnen on how to be the new Chael, Chael P. Sonnen, you know, the gangster from uh, West Lynn. Well, what do you think it is, too? You get a guy like Demetrius Johnson, who's, uh, you know, the pound-for-pound greatest fighter, and yet he's not the draw that some other guys are, and it's a shame because he's such an incredible fighter. So if you're coaching him, and I know it's always easy to Monday morning quarterback, do you say, yeah, I think that this uh, this Dillashaw fight would have been a good thing to raise visibility, or do you say, no, kind of stick to what you've been doing? I, I mean, I'm a risk taker with our fighters and myself. I, I, if you're the champion, go after the biggest possible marquee draw. I mean, uh, in this sport, there's, there's time is precious. You never know if an injury is going to rob your, your, your career and your legacy. So 
I always say I would have taken it if I were him. You know, the argue, you know, I love Demetrius, and you know, I've told him before, Sergio Pettis wants to fight him, but he's probably going to get one or two more fights under his belt because he's just a kid. You know, but that being said, um, I, I want to see the fight with TJ. I know he said, well, TJ can't make the weight, but Ray Bork has a history of not making weight. So you got to throw that excuse out the window, in my humble opinion. You know, I think Demetrius fights awesome. I think outside the octagon, he's got to do a little bit more of the lifting himself. You know, one thing I tell our fighters, promote yourself. Tyron Woodley does a thing called the Champ Camp on YouTube. He fills a, he takes some of his hard-earned money from the UFC, his sponsors, and he has a film crew that works for my uh, company, too, um, that we do online training. And uh, he makes these documentaries. Mayweather, excuse me, McGregor, you can say it's all automatic. He does his own Mac life, too. One thing MMA is a socially media-driven business so create content that your fans can learn more about you because i think demetrius is a great guy if he could let the fans behind the curtain a little more and the other thing people don't like complainers let's not complain i teach my guys that the we've all been guilty of it but you know what when you're a complainer and you're negative all you did was create a a second part-time or full-time job for yourself to deal with complainers and negativity so um I think if Demetrius would endear himself to the fans a little more, I'm not saying he's bad to the fans, but you know, he, you have a responsibility, unfortunately, to your fans as the world champion. Would you agree, Matt? I agree with pretty much everything you're saying right yeah. there. I, this is why I get along so good with Duke Rufus. We think alike. I always said I wanted that Dillashaw fight, and when I say yes. it, though, when I say it because I, I'm on this show and I do the other thing with Dana, I'm a UFC uh, shill. When Duke Rufus says it, hey, what he has no horse in the race. Right. Duke, I'm no, with you, man. I, mean, I feel this as a fight fan and as a former fighter. I you know, I got off in fights. I never once said, Oh, well, what BJ Penn? Uh, no, give me uh Uno, who's tough also. I don't want to be a dick. But I'm just saying, <laughs> no. I you know, I took the fights they gave me, you know, and so I feel well, like I got a little extra uh, you know, street cred to be able to talk my shit. Oh, no. I mean, that's why I keep throwing it to you, because you've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. I mean, it's uh, freaking, you know, again, then Ray Borg, no disrespect to him. He's a wonderful fighter. But, you know, the timing, too. UFC just spent a lot of money doing the ultimate fighter. The fight fell apart. TJ on the show really did a good job of showing the fans, you know. He went from, he's a snake to now we're joking that he's a snake, one of the most successful coaches ever on there. Anthony's team went 7-1 and one on there, and they went 7-1. and one. Just He did a great job coaching, mentoring those guys, because I still watch his show. I'm a huge fan of, like, I watch everything. And uh, I thought he did a great job on the show, and he made a personality of himself. Again, we're talking personality cell fights, not... Being best is relative in our sport. It's being popular. How how can your former rival, um, GSP, call the shots when he comes back? Hey, I'm gonna fight Bisping in my first fight back because he can. He can. How can Mayweather say he wants to fight McGregor? A guy's never had a 
a boxing fight because he can, vice versa. How can McGregor do it? Because he can. Numbers don't lie. And until guys get past the ego part of being a champion or the sport part of it, it is a business. If you're looking to monetize and create value for your family, you got to look at things that the fans love. Because you know what? The more fan do things you do that the fans love, the more they buy with their hard-earned money to support you. So, I mean, that's why I try and teach all the fighters I work with. And uh, that's why I think, you know, Anthony has been able to bounce back and have, I call Showtime 2.0. Um, I'm always, you know, I've been around the game. I had a, my older brother is a 10-time world kickboxing champion. He was a very successful fighter. Um, me, I'm, I'm an overachiever. I was a four-time champion, but... Um, but I took all the things I learned from my dad, who was our manager and trainer, and I took all these things, and I was able to maximize my skill set. My skill set and my success were not supposed to be the same, but I understood the business side of fighting, and, and when you do that, you'll really uh, understand the fight game because it's not a sport. It is a spectacle. The whole idea they want, we say it's a sport, but... If there's no other sport like it. Two people get in a cage and fight each other. It's the modern coliseum. We just have legalized it. And I'm saying that, and this is what I love. It's the most unique experience. But when they're looking to monetize on pay-per-view, they need to sell a spectacle. Not, not uh, If that were the case, the NCAA wrestling championships would be on pay-per-view. But they're not. Right. Words. Well, look, good luck with Paul Felder. We know you're... Uh... You're going out to uh, to Glasgow, and uh, it was really great talking to you. I mean, I, I, I could listen to you for hours. You're just you're a fascinating yeah. guy, Duke. Dropping wisdom today, Duke Rufus. Thank you for hanging out with us, man. Uh, thanks. It was awesome. Uh, just you know, like I said, uh, the UFC, all of MMA. You know, uh, I mean, I got guys in Bellator, et cetera, but the UFC, man, they they, they keep doing better and better things. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm I'm always a half full guy. I'm a, a turn lemons into lemonade type guy, and I, I look for positives. And I got to tell you, I went to the new UFC gym this week in Vegas. They they do some great things for the, the guys in our sport that get overlooked often. And uh, that new facility and what they're going to do for guys' bodies and and help them treat injuries and get them healthy is amazing. And I and I take my hat off to them. The other thing too, you know, I'm really I have open relationship with my fighters. A lot of them get extra checks from the UFC all the time. Hey, thank you for a good fight. Hey, but you don't hear the fighters talk about that. And I think more fighters should because I think the negativity is um, not going to help anyone. Why don't more people share positive stories? You know? Um, yes. I think that's important. You know, if you want something to get better, well, why don't you throw something at the people who only get complained at? You know, I right. mean. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why every UFC event, I'm super grateful. I remember some of the crappy kickboxing events. I've been left in other <laughs> countries without a ride, showed up in France, and when I couldn't speak French, and no one's there to pick me up for a fight. I've been attempted to get stiffed by promoters how many times. But you know what? The UFC door-to-door service. Every time you show up, they treat you like a million bucks. The kids get their money. They get everything they need, the health care they need. And um, for me, who's from the old school, we got crapped on. And I look at the way guys um, are, at times, I think, very um, bitter. You know, they get, the kids get treated as a better 
not talking paychecks, but better as an athlete than any other fight promotion in the world. And I've been in K1, and K1 was nice, but the UFC still does it better. That's great. Well, Duke, if, if you're in New York, I don't know if you have anybody fighting in Long Island. We'd love to have you come in when you're in New York. It'd be, it'd be great to have you in the I, studio. I wish. I, unfortunately, I'm going to Scotland. I go to Anaheim. And I go to Mexico, and then I'm off for a little bit. But I love, I love New York. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Well, it's been great talking to you, and, uh, and good luck with the, uh, your, your fighters uh, in these next three trips, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, take care, Awesome. Duke. Thanks for thinking of me. It was awesome being on the show. All right, buddy. Take care. Later, Duke. Thanks. The most he's a really yeah, great, great. A great guy. But here's the most impressive thing is he's like sometimes they fuck with the person who's not gonna hand Duke Rivers his money. Who's <laughs> fucking with that guy's money? I like I, I love that Duke is still, Jesus, he's, he's a doing, big he's a big he's, kid. He's, he's, he's training jujitsu. He's, he's doing he's a martial artist. Yeah. You know, and you can tell he loves what he does. And he was talking about he only has eight fighters in the UFC. It's like. I, you know, I relate that to kind of like with me and Longo. We're not looking to enlist people or try to get people from other teams, and we got our guys, and and we and we love cornering our guys, and we love the sport, much like Duke Rufus does. You're listening to UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our good friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. Obviously, that's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's such an intimidating process for all of us. Look, this is really simple. Allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS. Consumeraccess.org. Number 3030. What's up, Jimmy? Well, uh, I received a uh, shipment. Really? I really did. Um, and it said, oh. bomb fell on it. For a oh, second. I got the bomb fell. Oh, so For I a minute, I thought I threw a joke out there. Get it? Bomb fell. Yeah. Thank you. Good one. Oh. Bombfeld, a uh, new sponsor. Welcome, guys. We appreciate yeah. it. An easier way for men to get better clothes. When you sign up, you pay zero. That's nothing. That's a, 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 a circle with a line through it because there are no fees to work with them. You only pay for the clothes you keep. Bombfeld is the only service that can make this claim. I, I hate shopping, to be honest. I mean, that's, it's just the reality. So I opened up. I had two shirts and two pairs of jeans. Every piece has been handpicked by your own stylist. Your stylist will email you his or her selections, after which you're going to have 48 hours to make changes or even cancel altogether. You're in total control. It's the most simple, straightforward service around. They're on your side, and they don't make money if you don't find something you want to keep. So they're not just sending you crap because it's in their interest for you to like it because if you don't keep it, they don't make the money. So, right. you know, well, and you get to make the choice with them. Too, you get to make the really choice. Nice. So they're going to give you things that they genuinely think that you're going to be suited for, not just, hey, let's throw something in a box. It doesn't work that way. You can receive clothes once a month, uh, two months or three months, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Comfortable clothes, Jimmy. It really is that straightforward. No. Oh, and yeah. Yes, very comfortable. 
And uh, Bomb Club provides an option to sign up on behalf of your partner. Uh, you sign up. You uh, can tell them about yourself, your measurements, and your style preferences. You set your budget limits. You tell them what you want in your next order. You schedule when you want it. Or you can let them surprise you. Hold on. I'm trying to read this with my little, uh, I, I very bad eyesight, but I'm doing better than I should be. Your stylist will put together your clothing picks and send you a preview email. Now, you can cancel or change anything you don't like. And uh, they're going to ship after 48 hours otherwise, which is good. You get two full days to think it over. You have seven days once you receive your clothing before the, you get charged. So you can return what you don't like and only pay for what you keep. Shipping is free both ways. It's really phenomenal. Uh, a tremendous, very convenient way to shop. You know, we worked with Bombfell to get $25 off for our listeners, which you can check out at bombfell.com slash unfiltered. Bombfell, let me spell that. B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L.com. Bombfell, very easy to remember, .com slash unfiltered. Once again, for $25 off your first purchase, visit bombfell.com slash unfiltered. Bombfell, open and clothes. I did that pretty well. But some of the font is very small. Now, here's what Bombfell should send. How about some glasses for the kid? (laughs) How about a pair of reading glasses for Jim Norton, who's getting old? I'm 49 this month. Oh, good for you. Look how good you look. Oh, I don't know, Matt. Go on. Keep going. <laughs> Do you know I wanted to... Oh, cut it out. What did he say? I didn't hear him. Mm. You know, when Duke was talking about, like, waiting for Damien. I guess mm. he's talking, and I, I don't want to misquote this fight genius. Waiting for Damien more about uh, not committing to, you know, to striking first, kind of countering him a little bit. Which is, I thought with uh, Overeem did so well against Verdum... And I, I thought about that, like, because he did. We talked a bit about it before. I, I also thought the decision was I was not You're talking about over. Yeah, for Reese, uh, for Doom losing to Alistair Overeem, which I did not necessarily agree. And I think this kind of goes to Rogan's point about the ten nine scoring mm-hmm. being uh, because you know Verdum destroyed him in that third round, but that was a, a, a ten nine the same way the first round was, where it was extremely close. And I don't even know if Overeem won that. You know, you could kind of look at that either way. He, Overeem definitely won the second round. But it looked to me like the way he was fighting, Overeem said, okay, look, this is the third time we're fighting. He got two different looks. He's going to get a third different look. So maybe he's fighting with his hands down. He seems like he's just waiting to counter Verdum, which I'm guessing, as a fighter, let me ask you, you're countering him because maybe you feel he's less likely to successfully shoot for a takedown if you're hitting him on a counter as opposed to striking first. And also Verdum's a bit, it can be a little wild because he's so comfortable being taken down. So he's, you, you know that he might be a little better to counter because he may throw a wild punch or kick. Want my take on it? Yes. Uh, I thought it was a just decision. I oh, you did? The okay. first two rounds to Overeem. And like we talked about before, he takes away the grappling. Now, the one shot that, like, anytime he was on top, and now anybody else on top of Overeem is still in danger. Did he stay on the ground longer than you thought he would? No. I he told didn't. you beforehand, it will nullify, I said. Yeah, you And right. you go, nullify? You go, does that mean what you think it means? No, I'm only kidding. That was from Princess Bride. But I, I said nullify. You did say nullify. And right. I meant that because I felt that on the floor, he's not going to do anything to him because he's good enough to take it away. And then if he feels something hairy, he'll walk out and invite him up. And that's exactly what happened. He did bounce out when he felt things now getting a little... talk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shitty. He felt something. He's out of there. He knows how to take away the angles. He's a big guy. Uh, uh, Verdum doesn't have size on him like he does, right. uh, at least with height with other people. So he gets more leverage down there. So he could basically blanket him and take away his offense down on, on the floor. So then, now finally, now his, his, his moment, he had a moment where... It could have made a huge difference. And 
I looked at the clock. I, I forgot how long. It might have had a couple of minutes left. I, I got to see. His third round? But, yes. Uh, um, Verdum hurt him and then took him down. Instead of looking to maybe finish with more strikes, right. he took him down. And then when he took him down, he has such such uh, beautiful and, and devastating jujitsu. But yet he was content on staying in top in that guard, maybe thinking he's ahead. I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe he's tired. He might have thought he had that first I don't know round, what yeah. it was. But that cost him. Much yeah. like BJ Penn with Dennis Seaver, where I feel he had a chance. When he, the second he opened up a little bit, Neon Belly started to throw a couple strikes. And a little bit different because BJ Penn had a better position on Seaver, where... Uh, Verdum was in the guard. He would have to posture up, do some damage where he would open up the guard and then look to work off that. He didn't. He was content on staying on top. So you can't, you know, hey man, you, you're, in a, you're in a position that's hard to get on top of Overeem. Hard to get him down, get on top of him. You're there and you're not make, doing anything right. with it. So you can't really say, hey man, what the hell? And they know? did get up after that, right? I remember they did get up. Uh, I don't think the fight ended that way, did it? Yes. Mm. I, I'm not sure. I don't. Remember. I don't remember. No, I think they. Did. I think I. I believe Overeem did fight to get back up at that point. That was why yeah. it was a, a frustrating thing, probably for Verdum at that point. I agree. That was his chance to win the fight. And, Amen. You know. Yes. So, you know, I, I thought the first, and I like he was inviting him in. It wasn't. People could tell him he had his hands down, making little choppy motions, and I I knew exactly what he was yeah. doing. He was inviting him in. And, you know, hey, listen, uh, uh, Verdum overextends. Look what happened when he fought the champ. Look what Steve right. Miocic did with him. With him, He he overextended looking to try to throw those punches in the face to get to him. He backed up. Boom. You know, he was inviting him in. And Overeem has a lot of experience. I mean, how many kickboxing matches does he have? Does he have over 40 so, wins or is it 36 wins? It's some incredible number it, of fights is, he But has. does that have to do with how many? But also no, that doesn't up, even count as oh, kickboxing Straight up fights, kickboxing yeah. matches. So he sees things coming. He's way more advanced on the feet than, yeah. than uh, Verdum. Doesn't mean Verdum can't hurt him. Sure. His knees come out of nowhere. And he, and he did hurt him at yeah, one point. Did. What did he hit him with? What was that again? I think he hit him with an uppercut, I, I think, I, Yeah, so it's like... Yeah, but he's 43, 15, and 1. He doesn't have the experience, yeah. even though he gets better and better. Decisions. I mean, he sees things coming, standing. And I looked at him when he first got in there, and I'm like, oh, man, dude, I might look better with my shirt off. He had a little gut going. He did. It doesn't matter, man. That dude, he, he knew how to handle his business. And uh, I was okay with the decision. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because at, at any time, you felt like something could 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 just go off to end this fight but uh you know again it's on verdum for that last round when he got him down to he could have pushed that pace and, sure. and, and uh, been a hero right there well this is the segment called matt and i agree to disagree i thought that uh oh, that should have went right. to hey. uh fabrice Listen, we're not Ooh. we're not always going to agree yeah, i know but 98 you know? percent of the time you're going to be right and the other two percent of the time because i saw the fight and you didn't all right <laughs> uh, you're funny. Uh, by the way the brad tavares fight uh versus uh, elias uh theodoro Yes, you know, uh, Elias. He's came. He's he's uh, come down. He's from Canada. He's 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 uh, come down to uh, to Long Island before. Oh, okay. He's trained over with us. He trained at my school. Trained at Longos. He's got a unique style. He really does. And it's funny. You almost want to hate the guy because he's a pretty boy. He's like on the top of. A, he's on the cover of like romantic novels. Yeah. You know? He's almost like a Fabio guy with his hair and yeah, stuff. Like fucking Wonder Boy. Yeah. Like what? Like Wonder Boy. Like, like Wonder Boy. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, look at Adonis there. But uh, but he has a unique style. Where it's it's really grappling based, but he has decent strikes. He has a good sense of range, and it works for him. It's an un, I like it. I like his style because it's unorthodox. But I'll tell you, this matchmaking is awesome because I enjoy it. Brad Tavares is is very tough. Yeah, tough dude. He's a Hawaiian dude. Yes, it just he, he's just 
And he and he seems like the type. If you go look, what let me see a like a Hawaiian scrappy, tough dude. That's him, man. Like he was just not accepting anything. He wasn't accepted to takedowns when he got taken out. He's always scrambling to get back up and and uh and he was landing some good shots and 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 I was okay with that decision. I thought that was just also. And but but What's weird about that is I think, you know, Elias Theodoro probably thought he was doing everything that he, well, not everything he wanted to do, but he probably felt he was doing well also. I could see his, you know what I mean? Yeah. But but I feel that uh, Tavares was going forward, throwing strikes. I was okay with that decision for sure. Yeah, and I thought, I, th- I thought it was fun. I was, I was into it. And we know? should, oh, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. So we should obviously discuss the main event, which was, an in, what an Did incredible, we? we have not talked about uh, Michael Romero Johnson. against Whitaker. Oh, we're just, oh, yeah, we're kind of bouncing between. I'm the, sorry. The, that's fine. They, not often do we have two fights. In, uh, we do. We usually have a great Friday card and a great Saturday before, card back to back with I, the prelims and the FS1 prelims. It's a lot. It sure is. But I'm sorry, before we get to that, Jimmy, sure. can we talk about the Travis Brown fight? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Uh, pronounce that name for me. Who we fought. Olenek? Yeah, Alexei Olenek. Now, what is his record, Olenek, in, in, in the UFC? Because that guy's uh, 40. He has a lot of decisions. He's 40. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I look younger than him. He guy. has 45. Why am I thinking someone has 45? No, he does. He has a ton of fights, but not in the UFC. I think he has three. I'm looking. I think he has what three. What's his record? What's his professional? <clears throat> he's 52, 10, and 1. Wow. And he is, yeah, he's 4 and 1 in the UFC now. 63. He's really 4 and 1, huh? Yeah. Give me some names who he beat and who did he lose to? Uh, he's beaten Anthony Hamilton, Jarish Rushholt. He's beaten uh, Victor Pesta. And now he's beaten Travis Brown. He lost to Amalanchuk, who also fought. Ooh, I'm a lunchuck. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that... Uh, yeah, he fought uh, Curtis Blades. Oh, Melanchuk did this yes. weekend, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that too after. But you know, uh, I feel that this fight was uh, was a gimme fight for Travis to get him back. I feel they thought Travis was going to do well. I, I mean, this is my take on yep. it. This fight, Tra- Listen, it's one of those things where, you know... And I'm not... I'm not Crapping on uh, Olenek. Olenek, yeah. Olenek. Uh, I, I think he was a gritty guy, yeah. tough, gritty guy. But I don't know what's up with Travis Brown. And I like Travis. We had him on this show before. Yeah, he's when a I great see guy. Him, so I like seeing him when I see him. He's a good guy. What's going on, man? What's going on? Because you see moments. He you wobbled see, him and dropped moments. him in the you see first. Moments. Yes, heavy kicks. And you're like, this is the return. This is even when he fought. Uh, Derek Lewis. You see moments of oh, there he is. He opened up with and almost then something exclusive goes, kicks. Something goes south, man, and I hate to see it. And I really hate to see it because I, I don't know when he's going. The guy's looking to rear naked choke him. I don't see him fighting the hands, and I'm like, what's the, you could be doing more? Like, what's going on here? Man? Could it be they talked about? I mean, this is his fourth straight loss. Yeah. They talked about his confidence. Could it be when you're in that situation and things are going well, you're throwing kicks, you're throwing straight kicks to the body, it's going well, you're your old self, and then as soon as something happens that makes you like, that, 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 oh, that fucks with you a little bit, your confidence begins to go, maybe you just don't fight the smartest fight. Fighting, fighting's about perseverance. If you don't have that and going gets a little, it gets a little, everything's not going to go smooth, no matter what kind of badass you are. And the, the second you deal with a little bit of resistance and a guy that's not going down, is, and, and you, when you're thinking he's going down or he starts fighting through stuff, that's when you got to turn it up and that's when you got to realize why you're in there. And if things are too comfy for you or if you're not in there for the right reasons, anything... The cage is the truth. It's gonna come out. So I don't know what's up. I I wish nothing but the best. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I didn't know the other gentleman. I, I know. I feel like I know Travis a little bit. I was rooting for him. You know, I'm a fan like everybody else. I get involved. I'm I'm rooting for him, and I'm and I, I get I get upset. I'm like, man, I I I hate to see this because I feel that 
talk about a lot of potential, but at the end of the day, he should do what's what's best for him, and hopefully he gets on track. What's up? Were you surprised that Brown took him down in the second round? And he got into side control, but then he gave up his back. Why, why, why was he taking him down? He took him down in the second for what? <clears throat> Again, it's easy to question well, that. Well, no, and especially when that is what when that's Olenek what he, that's wants what he to does. do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen, man, this is stuff that... Uh, We'll have to talk to Travis about one day, you know, because I no one's gonna answer that but him. But uh, congrats, congrats yeah. to uh, Olenek, you know, tough guy. I went to high school with him. Yeah. Just kidding, but uh, <laughs> you know, the guy's the guy's forty, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, listen, what are you gonna do? Giles uh, versus uh, I'm I'm gonna say this uh, uh, Baknovic. Yeah, I think so. I'm not familiar. Uh, I think it's Baknovic's first fight in the UFC. Yeah, you think about Curtis Blades against? I uh, know that's against Giles, and uh, he was. Uh, it was his UFC debut. He had eight straight first oh, round finishes. Oh, I'm, I'm looking down there. Okay. Eight straight first round finishes, but uh, again, the UFC is a different level yep. of competition, and uh, he was throwing very heavy kicks, and Giles was able to take him down. He's aggressive off his back, so it was kind of. Uh, but at, once he was out of the first round, you're like, oh, he's in, he's in trouble. Oh yeah, and. Um, he got knocked out. I think in the second round. I wrote it down, but yeah, it was halfway through the second round. Nasty elbows. <laughs> yeah, that's got to suck your first time out of the first round. Yeah, and you get fucking. Yeah, what? but I think it, I want to say it was Rorick who took the fight on three days' notice. I can check. He trains under Rothwell at Ben Rothwell's gym. Uh huh. Am I am I remembering crazy? No, that's right. Let me see. What's his name? Uh, Dean Thomas just texted uh, me. Hold on, I'm not looking at my phone because I'm being a dick. Oh, yeah, I texted Dean too. But uh, we're ending. You know, we're ending. No, no, I'm with you. We got to foot out the door. Yeah, talk about. Let's talk about Romero before that we, we cannot sailed. with the uh, interim uh, middleweight championship. We cannot be negligent and not discuss that for a minute. What an incredible fight! Um, well, Whitaker fought a really, really smart fight. I uh, I enjoyed every second of that. Freaking oh my fight. god, was that great? I enjoyed. It was a nail biter. I mean. Uh, you know, Romero, what about Moreo? Listen, could somebody not let the guy hold the water bottle in between rounds? Yeah. You know uh, he's yeah. going to dump it all over his It was like people at a car wash. Well, and you they can see his corner was really trying. You see the guys, everybody has a towel. And you know he's going to dump it over his head. He dumps it all, and they're all it's like, at the car wash. Everybody's fucking yep. washing them down. I think this was Romero's first fourth round, too, and obviously his first fifth oh, round. Oh, and, and it seemed it. It seemed it, man. And that's where... Hey, the last three rounds were all Whitaker, and uh, you know I definitely felt that was just yes. And he weathered some bad positions, and I really mean, how do you not like that guy? The how only thing about him is so nice. How amazing know? was his takedown defense? And how frustrating is it when you're as big a guy as Romero and you're taking him down, and he is bouncing right no, back getting, up he, every he, time? Listen, That's got to make you sick. Yeah, he, and he was brilliant with those push kicks. What a what a yeah brilliant strategy. Yeah, oh, he did a lot. And a lot of that, them too. And, yeah. and he had a damaged leg right away. You know, what you I know, mean? Rogan noticed that, and again, I didn't notice it at first. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's like that's why he is who he is. But I didn't. I, I you, did up you on, see that a hundred percent? Okay, and uh, we thought it was from a kick that uh, it was. We thought it was from a kick, but but no. But he was saying he had pre, a pre-existing injury. Right. Yeah, but that, I think uh, it was. But a, then it was like a, a side, front kick. side Yeah, kick, that right? took it right back to what it was. So. Yeah, he said. He, he said that. What did he say? The bastard put me right back to where yeah. of course I was. But uh, I'll tell you, I like the fact that afterwards he was saying that uh, that he. He enjoyed fighting a guy that a lot of guys were not wanting to fight. Like he, like he knew this, right. this, this reputation on Romero, and he's like, he's just the man. And I love that. I love that uh, outlook because it's true. It really yeah. is true. And uh, he has a lot of self belief. And I'll tell you, man. I mean, that's that. That was a. I'm looking forward to him and Bisping. That's gonna be very, very interesting. This kid's finding a way to win versus guys with different, different skill yes. sets. Jimmy, why are you smiling? Because so much? Bisping. 
likes you can tell Bisping came yeah. in the ring. And Bisping's just a great shit talker. Yeah. And he threw down the ring. Fucking take her. Threw yeah. down his belt. <laughs> but you could tell Bisping is like he's a salesman, but you could tell he respects Whitaker and the way he just fought that mm. fight. He even said good job to Romero, but you 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 could tell he respected this guy and I likes mean. him. Like it's gonna be hard for Bisping to bash this guy because there's not much to go on. Right. Just, just a nice guy and just, he's just tough and he's beating the shit out of really good fighters. Yeah, but styles make fights and uh you know, yeah, it's always fun when there's some, you know, some shit talking. A little bit. But this fight, I mean, when I say sell itself, it's gonna be a very I mean, that's a styles make fights is a very interesting matchup. They got they're both they got a similar skill set where they're both hard to keep down on the floor. Uh, they're both hard to get down, and they're, they're, they're both really good on their feet. It's going to be very interesting. We have them? Uh, no, I'm going to call him right now. We should call Dean real quick. Give him I really quick, yeah. and uh, you know, we'll make like it's about his comedy, and then we'll get him off that right away. <laughs> Can I actually just say this, too? Like sure. uh, Duke was making, a, making the point as well. You know, it's sort of an era where fighters are c- complaining, I'm not getting this fight, I'm not getting that fight. Whitaker has fought everybody. He's got a belt now. That's Holloway, right. Same th- you know what I mean? It's like That's the guy right. just worked his way up. That's right. Uh, all right, let me call Dave. Yeah, give him, a, give him a jingle. Guy who talks like an old lady. Go ahead, give him a jingle. But yeah, we should ask Dean uh, real quick. But congratulations to uh, to Robert Whitaker, man. He is just a fucking, just a ferocious what other animal. Fights, what other, really quick, what do we miss here? Curtis Blades, needs he needs to get some more... Uh, I, I wasn't crazy about that fight. No, I thought he won. I, mean, was yeah, I know. Yeah, he won, but... He just it, wouldn't it, give up it, on those takedowns. It, it kind of... There's a lot. There's a lot of work that needs to be done in there. But yeah, you know, listen. Who am I? Who are you? <laughs> Hi. Uh, have you ever seen anybody? Oh, okay. I was oh, who's this? Dean Thomas. Uh, do we have Yo, Dean on the phone? Up? Hey, buddy. How are you? Man, what's happening? Well, <laughs> no. how, well, we wanted to talk about your your Vegas trip. Obviously, uh, very disappointing. How how are you? And how is Amanda? And and what's going on? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was having a good time doing stand up, and I killed it. Just, just <laughs> I killed it. Listen, Dean, I saw a picture of you with the romper on, dude. Now listen. Yeah. Did you come out like that? No, I didn't come out like that. I stripped to that. Yeah. Oh, that's fuck. That's For, good. That you make them. You make you. You lead up to it. Yeah. Listen, we're I, gonna yeah. get back to your stand up. Probably never. But listen to me. What's going on with Amanda? We had to ask. Oh, and yeah. what's going? Listen, you. This is it. Hey, listen. You want to be there? Talk, talk, let's talk. Wait, hold on, Nadine. This is Paul. Now listen, you want to be there and you want to be at the open work. You want to do this. You want to do that. This is part of it. You got to face. Somebody's got to face the fucking music, Dean Thomas. <laughs> right. We blamed you. We're blaming you. No, come on. Okay. What, what, what happened, dude? Is it sinuses? What happened? Yeah, well, uh, evidently she has, um, you know, a chronic sinusitis. I guess that's how you say it. I'm not sure. I don't. I think I don't sinitis. I think sinitis. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Um, and. I think, you know, just during the whole week and just the heat in Vegas, which was extremely hot, um, the heat in Vegas and the weight cut and just the stress, it just, she had a, it flared up on her and she says she couldn't breathe. Um, her equilibrium was off. She was dizzy and, you know, she just, you know, it just really messed her up. Now, what's very, so. well, now why would, now why, if that's the case, why are the doctors clearing her to fight though? Why would they, why would they take that chance? They didn't check that. The doctor's saying it's fine for her to fight and her and her whole head's off? No, the, they, what are they checking for, Dean, the first day? There's dehydration and, yeah. and and the weight or something, but the second day they checked her and they did a CAT scan and that's when they saw blockage. Oh, so the second... Yeah. Would she have got cleared the fight that second day? Like, in other words, when they checked her for that stuff? That's the question, 
right? That is that's the question. That's the question. I don't know. But no, but but you guys have to understand is like she was in the hospital this whole time. So like as out as you guys were getting the information, that's how I was getting my information. So I hadn't talked to her. Like I had um I didn't talk to her since before the um public weigh in and we talked about it and she was like and I could see it in her face that like she was like, you know, just you know, a little off and like pale and everything, but you know, but you know, but people are like that after a weight cut and they're trying to recover. So I thought that's just what it was. But then she was like, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go to the hospital after the weigh. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll see you when you get back. And then I didn't talk to her and I still haven't seen her yet. And uh, I only talked to her once. And that was, she called me and was just like, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. She just said, you know, my head was pounding. I couldn't breathe. And my equilibrium was off and I was just like, well, you know what, you know, why take the chance then? That actually sounds like a panic attack. I'm not saying she was having one, but that's, that's, mm-hmm. I've had those for much worse, you know, different reasons. Um, you know, like waiting for <laughs> test results. Um, <laughs> so, uh, now, um, with Dana's comments afterwards, where I think he said he would never headline her again. He was very angry and he was implying that she should have fought. And obviously how do you as a coach take that or just how do you think she handles that? Uh, it's tough because, you know, things like this are unrecoverable, you know, especially for her, because it's not like she was a fan favorite. Like people don't like her anyway. <laughs> so like when she pulled out of this fight, it's like, wow, this is going to be very difficult to recover. So, I mean, she's going to really have to go on a tear. Um, you know, I could understand why Dana's mad. I understand why people are mad. I mean, they were looking forward to the fight. But at the same time, from her perspective, it's like, you know, if you, you know, if you're hurt, you know, and it's a, and you're legitimately hurt. You don't legitimately think you can perform, you know, and especially you are the champ. Like, you know, you why put it on the line? I mean, if you're the challenger, that's different. Like, you can't really just pull out like that. But if you are the champ and you have that leeway because you earn that right as being the champ, then, you know, you can do it one time, though. You know, one time, yeah. you know, if. Yeah. Hey. So, I mean, if it happens again, I was like, all right, you know what? You, you don't deserve to be the champ. But yeah. I mean, she earned that. She earned the right to be the champ, and you know she gets this. I think. I think you have to give her this this leeway. I, I mean, Dean. But listen, me and you both been there, and there's times when there's times I remember feeling like, yo, I don't feel right today, and I and I ended up winning. Well, like I, I worked. It worked out great for me. So I mean, it's such a mental game, uh, yeah. The fight game, and. Uh, you know, do you think that has anything to do with it? I mean, especially because she's fighting a a, a a killer that definitely was not unnerved at all with anything. With, with You know what I mean? She was just cool as ice during all these stare downs. They had that fight where she was coming on at the end, which was pretty a very close fight. Well, here's the thing. But you also got to see this, too. Is it like, you know, when she fought Misha, Misha she wasn't supposed to win that fight. She was Misha was supposed to win. When she fought Ronda, she wasn't supposed to win that fight. So, I mean, I don't think the idea – and, like, they weren't afraid of her either. They weren't afraid of Amanda. So, I don't think that the idea of her being, um, you know, that that got to her. Yeah, well, I she, mean, may, yeah. maybe. Well, she felt what – she. the difference is she already was in there for three rounds, and she knows that that that, that this girl's not going to, you know – you know, uh, crumble under pressure, especially with the striking. I was so looking forward to this fight. Me too. And uh, I mean, Valentina is, is a killer, and obviously Amanda is is, is a beast in there. And, and but like you know, at the, the UFC they put so much into the promotion of these things, and I know, and it's like yeah. that's another. I mean, I mean, you know, and I'm a fighter, so if I'm like, yo, I really. I don't know. I fought before when I was fucked up, but you know, that's why. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, that's why yeah, I feel I right. can be a little more, you know. 
I could be a little more. I could I could voice my opinion a little bit more because I've been in those circumstances, man. You know what I mean? Where you know you don't want to point out fights because then you look at you making excuses. But look, man, you man up. Duke Rufus was just on here saying, "Hey, man, maybe Anthony Pettis shouldn't have fought uh, Max Holloway. Maybe there was reasons why he shouldn't have fought. He definitely didn't feel good. I mean, with the weigh-ins and this and that. But he did. He manned up and he did it." So I'm not getting hey, Dean. Well, let's talk about your stand up. Wait, no, no. no. I, I got to disagree with one thing. I don't think it was a surprise to most people that she beat Ronda. I, I think, you know, in a way, people seeing Ronda having to come back and fight Amanda, people like anyone who's watched UFC were like, oh, that's not the person Ronda wants to fight after that loss. Yeah. But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still think, um, you know, when you de- when you're dealing with a championship with the with your belt on the line it's almost like do do i have to you know what i'm saying do i have to if i can avoid it do i have to no you you pretty and, much um, you pretty much have to when you've signed a contract and they put yeah, millions I mean, of do, dollars into do, the, do yeah, i yeah, have do, to i'm I mean, feeling a little I mean, Dean, you gotta might have to give some tough love over there, Dean. I mean, yeah. I know you're afraid you might get kicked out and have fucking Conan Severia in the corner <laughs> instead of you. But you better fucking man up, Dean Thomas. You gotta tell him, man. Listen, you this, this is the big time. Yeah. Man, man, you're you know, main I, I get that, man. And you're right. I mean, I fought when I didn't feel good too. I mean, there were times where I, what, don't bring I up our fight Steven, again, Dean Thomas, yeah. about me beating you when you didn't feel good. <laughs> no, no, and, and, no. Listen, when I fought when I fought Jeremy Stevens, yeah. you know, I was I felt in the back like, oh man, this, you know, I was nervous and I didn't feel like it was going to go good. And next thing I ended up winning, you know, submission of the night. I wanted to fight one submission of the night. You're right. So like, um, sometimes you do have to man up. But but again, like, I don't know how she felt. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of us knows how she felt. And if, you know, I, all, I, all I can do is respect how she felt. You know what I'm saying? No, I have to just respect it. Yeah, she did. Because so, I, I I'm so surprised she didn't. Rec- and again, maybe she just didn't know. But the symptoms, uh, if you have a chronic thing, I'm surprised she didn't recognize them a little earlier in the week. And go, oh, my God, I think this might be the sinitis uh, acting up. Yeah, I mean, and she, she afterwards she said yeah i felt a little bad but i didn't want to say nothing i was hoping it would go away so again i, I just i have to respect my fighters i respect sure. what they say so um i mean i i wish i had um the answers i don't have the answers all i have to say is uh, you know she said she didn't feel good enough to fight well listen, uh, I'm sorry, she man. wants to fight this girl any date on the reschedule oh yeah they're supposed to fight in september i mean she wants to fight her um mm-hmm. she did say she did say she was considering getting surgery. I don't know how that's gonna affect the fight, but mm-hmm. she wants she did say she's considering getting surgery to hopefully, you know, clear out the blockage so that she can, you know, be a hundred percent. So you but can't just shoot we're I, I have forward bad, to the fight. I have bad sinuses. Obviously not what she has, but you can't just shoot Afrin before the fight and have it clear you. I mean, maybe I'm being very ignorant of, but I've had sinus problems my whole life. It's it's awful. When you can't breathe mm-hmm. and you feel lightheaded because you're not getting the oxygen, especially when you have to fight, it's got to be fucking treacherous. I don't know if you'd have to get cleared for that, maybe by USADA or whatever. I don't oh. know if you could just do stuff like yeah, that. How about this? We're talking about cage Good fight. Point. Dean Thomas, you give her a fucking Kleenex and point her in the right direction, Dean Thomas. <laughs> All right? Enough of, enough, of this, enough of this fucking bullshit. Listen, <laughs> listen Dean, listen, in, in advance for you, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to make your next... Uh, your next, I'm really proud of you with the stand-up. I really am. I told that to Jimmy earlier because you're following your dream. But because I'm probably not going to make it <laughs> to your next show. Just, 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 I'm sending this out to you for in advance. I'm just, yeah, that's right. 
Get off the fucking stage! Get on, stick to coaching! All right, yo, Dean, Dean, listen. Thanks for spending time with us. We're going to hang up on you now. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Are you going to hang up on me? But listen, man, listen. Man, I'm going to come up there next month, man. So, like, as soon as I get done with Tyron's fight, I'm going to come up, like, a week or two after. So, hopefully, we can hang out, man. Maybe I'll come to Long Island. Dude, you're Yeah, come into the studio, too. Dude, no hotel. Yeah, I'm going to come in the studio for sure. No hotel, dude. You stay with me at my house. Good. I, I like to rob you, too. I'm so Anything you want, you better lock it down. <laughs> I was just asking to be nice. I hope you wouldn't take me up on I know. that. I know. I have, I have an extra bedroom. I'm not <laughs> offering it to anybody. <laughs> stay at Jimmy's. See what, see, what, see what happens when you wake up with him standing over you. All right. Dean, good talking <laughs> to you, yeah, man. Good luck with Tyron, too, buddy. And uh, hope that All fight right, goes fellas. well. See you soon. <laughs> All right. All right. See take y'all. care. Bye, Later, dude. Thomas. And uh, I guess to wrap up, yes, uh, we got a chat with Dean, who I really like. Uh, <laughs> I got uh, a couple of dates coming up this weekend. I'm going to be yeah. in Nashville Friday, Saturday only. If you want to come see me, and uh, I will be August 5th at the Borgata in Atlantic City, and July 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, I'll be up in Montreal. They added a show because uh, the shows are selling well. So hopefully, some unfiltered fans in Montreal, the 27th, 28th, 29th. Go to jimnorton.com if you want to get my tickets and oh. come see. Uh, Mediocrity personified. <laughs> no, it's a great name for my tour. Mediocrity personified. I, I would. That's you, a good name. Yeah. No, I wouldn't let you do that. Why? That's a pretty good name. You're way. You're, you're, no, you're not mediocre. You're but phenomenal. it would fit me and who I you're am. You're phenomenal. Thank you. Okay. But that's I can't put something arrogant in my and, uh, mediocrity personified. Something mediocrity. Listen. I like that. Me, yeah, something with mediocre. Listen, if you don't <laughs> want, if you do not want mediocre jujitsu, you want to train jujitsu on Long Island. You know where I'm going with this? SarahBJJ.com. Come oh. visit me. Hang out. I'm down there. I'm doing. I think more. I had some fucking uh, elbow escapes this morning. And if you're not going to train with me, train elsewhere. Just train some jujitsu. Do some martial arts. Drink plenty of water. What else, Jimmy? Um, be nice to yourself and yes. remember to stop and pet flowers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> flowers. Yes. All right, everybody. Producer, something. I just oh. wanted to say this. So I just want to promote Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series premieres tonight. Oh. Exclusively on UFC oh, Fight good. Pass. That's five live fights from the Tough Gym starting Amazing. at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's great. That's funny. You said you weren't going to promote that. We, uh, we asked about promoting <laughs> that. Chris is like, I'm not let Dana promote I'm his own so shit. Happy. I'm like, Chris, come on. And that's tonight. How can you change your mind? That's tonight on <laughs> Fight Pass. <laughs> yes. Dana White Tuesday Night Fights. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. What the fuck am I saying? I don't know, but it's yeah, Tuesday yeah. Night Contender Series. It's always fun when we end with me with a blunder. <laughs> well, yeah, look, man. Dana's got so many things happening. It's fucking... Yeah. He's a, the guy's a workhorse. Though. And Dana yeah, White looking for something. a fight. Dana White looking for a fight. The San Diego episode is out now. Watch it. And let me know how you like it. Bye, everybody. See you in a couple days. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.